chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome to another post-game edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and uh, that was a butt kicking. <laughs> That's uh, uh, there's a lot of ways to describe it. None of them are good for Wyoming. Uh, Arizona beats Wyoming 94 to 65 uh, in a game that was over rather quickly. Um, Arizona outscored Wyoming 53 to 22 and then kind of just ran things in the second half and, and basically wanted to get out of there without showing much and, and make sure everyone was healthy and that it, it could just kind of cruise. So while Wyoming outscored Arizona in the second half 43 to 41, it wasn't really because of anything Wyoming did. It was more because of Arizona and, and how Arizona kind of just just cruised a, a little bit in the second half and, and got out of there, which Tommy Lloyd said after the game. But, um, you know, in, in the pregame and our breakdown in our podcast, we mentioned things that Arizona would need to do to win and things that Wyoming would need to do uh, to win. And basically everything that Wyoming needed to do to win – Arizona took away, right? And, and um, we said in the pregame that if Hunter Maldonado didn't have a good game, Wyoming was going to get blown out. He's kind of the, the engine that makes everything go for Wyoming. So Arizona puts Dale and Terry on him, and Hunter Maldonado's life was miserable. Only got off seven shots, scored six points, turned the ball over five times with four fouls. Uh, you cannot put, uh, put that game together um, and, and expect to, to win. When, when you're considered the best player on Wyoming and you've got more turnovers and, and fouls than anything, uh, it, it's obviously not a good look. And, and Dale and Terry has become, quietly, uh, nationally at least, one of the most versatile defensive players in the country. Uh, five steals, five assists, six rebounds, added seven points, and he's kind of progressing. Like His offense is never going to be spectacular. He's never going to be a drop-dead shooter, but um, he's become better at coming off screens. His playmaking ability might be the best in the conference um, in terms of pound-for-pound passers. And then the five steals, playing the passing lanes. Um, You know, he's not going to get the attention of a Ben or a Julius or Kerr because of the offensive output, but I would put his game next to any of them because of what he did defensively on Maldonado, his passing ability, um, you know, five steals on his own, um, really just a, a good job and continues to take care of the ball as well. Only one turnover. There's a reason he played 31 minutes and um, he's he's as important as anyone. Um, you know, uh, Jeffries on, on Wyoming, uh, Drake Jeffries is another guy where all he does is shoot threes. I said they needed to contain him. He only hit two of them and scored eight points. Um, you know, it's it was it was basically they did everything they need to do. Graham Ike, who's awesome. I made a joke after the game that Arizona should offer him. I love that kid, but he still only went six of fourteen, turned the ball over a couple times, only had four rebounds, which was the key. And then uh, Xavier Ducell, 
Um, was that a point in the game, especially the second half, where he kind of just threw the ball up and it went in, uh, literally. I mean, he was just banking in threes, um, you know, with six of ten with five threes in the second half, uh, made, you know, all but one of his shots uh, in the second half where the game was already out of reach. So uh, Wyoming's bench didn't do anything, only had five points. And really, um, you know, what Arizona needed to do defensively, they did. Uh, they double-teamed Graham Ike, uh, again, 6 for 14. And what's what's really interesting about Arizona defensively is um, they have become very difficult to prepare for. And the reason is because they have so many different defensive looks. Uh, they double-teamed Ike. They rolled out a little bit. Then they would not double-team him. They picked up half court. They picked up full court. They trapped. They pressed. Uh, they are a man-to-man team most of the time. But they give you so many different looks with how they play ball screens and things like that, that it is very difficult to plan for. Um, it is a very versatile defensive team, which is why, you know, on, on Ken Palm, uh, as well as Arizona has been playing uh, offensively, it's also eighth in the country defensively. It's actually, in terms of overall adjusted efficiency, better defensively than it is offensively. Um, you know, and you look at defense, uh, it, it's just it, it's just a very good defensive team right now, and and what's happening is these teams that lack overall guards like Hunter Maldonado playing point guard. He's not a point guard. He has to play point guard for this team. But if you're a team with um, mediocre average guards right now, like Michigan had one good guard, you know, if you're a team that doesn't have great guards, you are struggling in a big way against Arizona. Wyoming turned the ball over 14 times for 19 points for Arizona. But that guard matchups, I mean, you have to be able to have a guard that can run downhill on Arizona. That is your best bet. Arizona has not seen it, and if they have seen it, they haven't allowed it to happen. Um, it's going to happen eventually, you'd assume. But right now, Arizona is not allowing it to happen. And, and when Arizona does face a team that has a clear guard that can run downhill, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how Arizona adjusts to it. In terms of, of what Arizona did right, um, you know, Wyoming is a team that likes to pack the paint defensively and basically dare you to shoot the three. Um, they're, they're cool with you shooting the three almost, which, um, you know, they go under ball screens, which is, and Tommy Lloyd kind of said it. It's funny if you listen to Tommy Lloyd's postgame pressers because he kind of talks crap. And even though, uh, the Wyoming coaches his friend. He's like, look, if you're going to run under ball screens in someone else's arena, um, you know that takes you know a special kind of uh, a special kind of guts. Um, but Arizona averaged 1.4 points per possession in the first half, which is just a joke. Uh, Seven of 15 from three, shot 57 percent, uh, turned the ball over six times, had more steals than turnover because Dalen had uh, four steals, 19 points off turnovers uh, in the first half alone. Um, just just dominated that game. Had had six dunks. Uh, the first half was was a joke, and a big reason why um, is just Arizona's ability um, to hit the three. And we've wondered this season what would it look like when Arizona got hot from three. And and Arizona finished the game forty percent uh, with four of thirteen in in the second half, which obviously isn't great. But in that first half, seven of fifteen, we saw what happens when that three balls hitting. When that three balls hitting. I don't know how you guard Arizona. Uh, I, I really don't because there's so many ways that Arizona can kill you uh, if that three ball is falling. 
And we saw a lot of that. And, and, and Kirk Creesa is a great example of that. You know, we, we said before, his shot looks perfect. It may not have been going in, but his shot has always looked strong, right? Like his, it, it was a matter of setting his feet, right? And, and what we saw against Wyoming was he set his feet, and it's not a coincidence that he was 5 of 10 from behind the arc. And he finished with five assists. He turned the ball over four times, but it was a great game from him. And you wonder, actually, if he would have kept going had he not had to leave the, the game with cramps or whatever it was uh, in the first half. But um, one of his better games of the season, obviously. And he makes the team so much better when his jump shot is hitting. And um, it's not like he's a liability or anything like that when it's not hitting. But when it's hitting, you have yet another player to worry about. Uh, Azulis Sabella, 17-8. and eight. Fun battle with him and Graham Ike. Um, you know, they, Dubella's got the best of them, rebounded the ball well. Uh, you know, he, he's going to take his threes. He's not going to make many of them, but it's okay. You're, you're cool with letting him take a couple. Uh, talked about Dalen and, you know, Ben Mathurin, what can you say about him? And it starts with his rebounding, believe it or not, because his rebounding allows him to, to get the ball out quick and get in transition and, and, and get out in front of everything. And, and that allows him to get uh, open for the dunks that continue to lead off Sports Center for the last week or so. But 24 points, another 10 rebound game, five assists, and only one turnover. And five of those 10 rebounds were on the offensive glass. Um, and so when you have five offensive rebounds and the opposing team uh, only has um, only has six totals total, that's that's pretty damn good. And what's making him dangerous is that he's. He's still developing. He's taking that next step. And I don't regret saying that last season he was a jump shooter. He was a jump shooter. But we've seen the progress in his game, and it feels like he continues to get better with each effort because he gets more aggressive. He gets out in transition. And this style of play, the system overall, really fits his strengths. Like, you don't want him handling the ball in the half court, breaking down the defense that way. He may not be there yet. But he can really, when you get out and go, there's not many guys that are better than him in the entire country when he's running that break and he's running downhill. Uh, Justin Kyer is another guy that played great, um, 13 points in 23 minutes. Uh, his, his release is insanely slow. <laughs> like I don't know how he gets a shot off. You worry that it's going to get blocked. Um, but yet he makes them, three for five from three. Uh, Umar Balo got his four fouls in 13 minutes, but came in, scored six points, and, and played pretty well. Uh, Christian Coloco did what he needed to. He was in foul trouble. You worry about him against Kofi Coburn with the uh, with the foul trouble. I think I pronounced his name right. I don't know. We'll pronounce it a bunch of ways in our next podcast when we preview the Illinois game. But um, good enough, right? Six points, four rebounds. Um, he had the four fouls, which isn't great, but still blocked two shots. Uh, he was fine. You'd like to see a little bit more from him, but you're not really too worried about it. Overall, it's one of those games that it's easier to analyze a game when Arizona has a close one, right? Like when Arizona played Michigan, even though it wasn't close, there was a lot to analyze because of what Arizona did to Michigan. When Arizona played Wichita State, there was a lot to analyze because of what happened in the second half. We have reached a point, and, and eventually there's going to be another close game, but like against Wyoming, the the analytical part of it is that Arizona kicked Wyoming's ass, right? Excuse my language, but that's what happened. Like Arizona was a better team in every facet and imposed its will. And that's the key here, that Arizona isn't just beating these teams, it's blowing them off the court. Like these teams don't belong in the same court as Arizona. And 
you can make the argument that Arizona's strength of schedule isn't very good, and it's not very good. But the difference is that it's not allowing these teams to hang around. It is blowing them out. And there's something to say for that, especially when you look around college basketball and see all the games where bad teams are kind of hanging around. And Wyoming was still undefeated. Wyoming still won at Washington, which, um, you know, Washington's not good, but hey, still got the win. Came to Arizona, was a 16-point underdog, um, you know, opened at 15, and Arizona won by 29 points, right? That's still pretty remarkable. And won by 29 points when being outscored in the second half. So what we're seeing is that basically... There hasn't been a team yet that has the ability to match up. Michigan, you thought would be the closest thing, but they weren't fast enough or athletic enough. Wyoming had shooters, but they weren't good enough defensively. Wichita State was physical, but when it came time to score points, Arizona was better. Illinois will be by far the biggest challenge that Arizona's had, especially going on the road in that type of environment. But no matter what happens in that game, I think we've seen enough of Arizona this season to know that the Wildcats are a very legitimate team. And being able to blow out Wyoming uh, based off sheer will and, and the fact that you're just better. You just put the ball, throw it up, and the better team is Arizona. And if they play Wyoming 20 times, they're kicking the crap out of Wyoming 20 times. And, and you could say that for a lot of time. Like, if, if they played Michigan, they're probably beating Michigan the majority of the time, right? Um, and, and again, Arizona's going to lose a game this season. But I'm, it, it's... When it happens, I would I would warn against overreacting because I think we've seen enough of this team already this season to know that Arizona is a very good basketball team. And when Arizona is clicking on all cylinders, there's not many better teams in the country. And man for man, and I'm not saying Arizona is the best team in the country, but I'm saying matchup on paper-wise, there's not many teams that match up with others better than Arizona. I think Purdue matches up really well with others because of their size, but Arizona matches up with Purdue as well because of their size. Um, you know, Arizona is a top 10 team. Whether it loses a couple games here in the next two weeks or whatever, it's a top 10 team in my opinion. This next stretch that Arizona has where it goes on the road for these games are just, it, it's ridiculous. Going on the road, um, Illinois, Tennessee, who's right now on Ken Palm is the top defensive team in the country. Um, you know, at USC, at UCLA. I said if Arizona goes 2-2, two and two, fans should be ecstatic, and I hold on to that. Um, it is not a bad thing to go 2-2. Two and two. I don't think there's many teams in the country that could go 3-1 and one on that stretch. I really don't. Um, and, and so if Arizona does, that's remarkable. If they go 4-0, and oh, they deserve to be the number one team in the country. And, and I'm dead serious when I say that. Um, I don't care what Purdue does or what the team's ahead of them. And that's the problem with preseason rankings. Because if there were no preseason rankings, Arizona would be one of the top five teams you've seen this year. And I realize that I'm playing to an Arizona crowd right now, but it's true. If you got rid of preseason rankings and you based what you've seen so far, the eye test, what you've watched so far early in the season, you can't tell me that Arizona isn't playing like a top five team in the country. I'm just, I'm not hearing it. Um, so, you know, in terms of Wyoming... Uh, they were just kind of a, another, uh, the next one, right? The next the next one up. There was nothing Wyoming was going to do. Once Arizona came out and hit their first few jumpers and was hot from three, there was nothing Wyoming was going to do. Uh, Wyoming tried every defense you could think of. They went 2-3 matchup, which was stupid. Then they sagged off, which was worse, and Ben got dunks. They, they weren't playing the passing lanes well at all. They tried man, they tried prep. It didn't matter. Arizona was ready for all of it. And we're at the point of the season where it's like eight games in, and Arizona's already seen every defense. 
I'm really curious what Illinois throws because Illinois doesn't play zone, but they're going to have to play zone. And the problem is that the teams that have played zone against Arizona have gotten absolutely killed in it because of the speed and athleticism. But we'll get to the Illinois game uh, tomorrow. We'll record our podcast um, or tonight, and we'll release it on Friday. Uh, but another great, impressive win for Arizona, and uh, it's a fun time to be a Wildcat fan. So once again, I'm Jason Shear. This has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Please check out Wildcat Authority. If you're not a member, uh, there's no better time to join than now. There's also football signing day coming up. Arizona basketball is pretty good if you haven't heard. Uh, appreciate everyone for joining me.